and welcome to She's the Boss Chats. I'm your host, Jules Brooke, and in the show, I interview amazing women and female founders about what it is that they're doing and why they're doing it. It's all about us lifting up the women around us. Cynthia Peretz, I am so excited to be interviewing you for She's the Boss Chat. So thank you so much for agreeing to do it. Thanks, Jules. It's so <laughs> great to be part of the group tribe. And it's nice to do it in real in real life. I'm so used to doing them remotely. I love it when it's, someone's in the room. So let's start off by telling everybody who you are, what you do, and why you do it. My small question to start off with. Okay. So, yeah, I'm Cynthia Peretz. I am... A buyer's advocate. What does a buyer's advocate mean first? I help people buy their home. So whether it's their own occupier home or an investment property. um, I've been in property for 20 years and I was in building for most of that time. So as with advocacy, it's not only helping them find a house, but it's also looking at the structure of the homes oh, really? with the background that I have and mm. then helping them negotiate the best price. But you or actually can go in and say structurally it's, exactly. you know, without being exactly. an engineer, but yep, I'd buy this or not. Oh. Correct, correct, correct. I didn't know that. Okay, and why? Why do you do it? First of all, my passion is property. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll go back quickly to the beginning. So when we came to Australia in 2002, um, I'm a pharmacist. Yes, and the I'm first going to hear people, all of this story. Yep. The first thing people said is you're going to find it hard to find a job because Australians don't like confrontation and you're a very outspoken person. <laughs> Are you serious? And it's like, okay, well, this is great. Where am I going to go? <laughs> um, I might not go to Australia then. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and I got a job at the Brady Group. They build us in the city. Yeah. And I figured out that my personality worked perfectly in sales, never yeah. been in sales. Right. Um, got my real estate license, just loved it, just loved everything about being in the building industry and then that then led me to um, sales and selling their apartments and then I left them in 2007 because I wanted to get Don't more- tell me too much story because I am going to do that in a minute. It's okay. re- just your why do you do it now yeah. so is the bit that because you love- That was where I started and, yeah, it, the passion grew and grew and grew. But I, oh, I guess I was thinking that you might be talking about your customers like do, because there is a need because- Well, that came for when I started Metrolinx in 2018 is right. when I saw that there was a need. Was that need. your first time you've gone out on your own? Yes. Yep, okay. And that's when I saw, oh, between 2007 and 2018, yeah. seeing the need that people needed more guidance and holding their hands, not churning them over just to find them a home, Right. So is that's- when I went out on my own because Metrolinks is about education. Right. Okay. So, well, well, they, let's just talk a little bit more about that then. So, so you decided you didn't want to be a real estate agent, just selling properties. You wanted to guide people, but where's the the educate? Oh, the education in terms of helping people make good decisions and correct, correct. Right. So, I suppose it started with the parents. So, the parents want to buy a home, and you help them, and then over the 20 years, which I've been in property here, they then have the kids along (laughs) and then they want something and it's a matter of going one step forward and sitting down with them and saying, okay, buying a home costs money. Yeah, quite a lot of money. So I have a spreadsheet that I work with them and it goes from the 
bins that you have to buy and pay from the council to rates to oh, all these little wow. things that people the, don't realize yeah, about. Yeah. And then when they get to understand and then they've got all their ducks in a row, we can go out and buy something. Some of them, are can, they can do it straight away and some of them have to, you know, maybe take two or three years because they need to realize that once they've bought something, it's not only paying the mortgage, they still need to have – balance like life balance they're young yeah, they're still need yeah. to be able to <laughs> go so on and enjoy crazy. themselves but these are hidden expenses that people never talk about no you're so, quite right i'm saying the same to my son with the car it's like it's not about buying the car it's about the petrol and the rego and the insurance and and that's exactly right and then you know very often they would <laughs> anybody says to me well i can do it on my own it's like well hold on a second when you do your tax return. Do you do it on your own or would you not give it to an well, accountant? I guess some people can and people make mistakes if they do things on their own. But, Correct. you know, it saves them money maybe and so it's for them to weigh up what they want to do. But I love the the idea that you've got that spreadsheet that you go yeah, through with them the as well. I think that's really And I have smart. a lot of old um, mature people that are downsizing and because they would have bought their homes 40, 50, 60 years ago, they've got no idea about the market now. Oh, my God, they'd be freaking out completely. then that's a completely different thing where we start again and a lot of the time the problem is is that expenses go in and out, which they're not aware of because they're not on top of the bank account. thinking about it. So, again, there's another spreadsheet that we work with them on because that is an issue where I take it personally on – how long is their money going to last them? Yeah. Because people are living for longer. And yes. I still take that as part of my responsibility that I can't spend all the money on a home because I need to you give know, them enough to a hundred percent. So that's where my education comes oh, in. Oh, aren't you beautiful? All right. So we've heard the South African accent, which I just had to throw in there. Um, so let's go right the way back to when you were a little girl. And I want to hear how you've ended up where you are now. So the first question for you is. I know you grew up in Zimbabwe now because you've told us, but yeah. what kind of a home did you grow up in? What did your parents do? Have you got any brothers and sisters? Okay. So my mother was a teacher. Okay. Uh, my father was a philatelist, stamp dealer. The, oh, stamp. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. That's so exciting. I didn't realize. Uh, right. <laughs> and I've got uh, two sisters, so yeah. there's only three girls. Um, and where, where are you in the pecking order? I'm the baby. Oh, Okay. I'm the precious one. Um, <laughs> I'm the one that everyone calls the favourite auntie. Right. And we, I went to boarding school in South Africa when I was 13. Okay. Uh, I, went I, to, I did um, it when I was eight, so you, I yeah. definitely beat you. Did you like it? I did. I was in an, I was in an Anglican all-girl world boarding yep, school, same. so it was very different. <laughs> um, With a lot of religion thrown in in my one anyway. I used to – no, but you get clever. I used to sing in the church choir so I could yes. get out every Sunday. I used to – I joined the uh, – I used to go to the symphony so I could get out two nights a week. And I used to go to chapel every morning and that used to give me extra time. So – you know, you yeah, can you play the religion as you want. Okay, so you grew up with two sisters. Um, you were in Zimbabwe, and did you enjoy school? I mean, forget about the clever ducking and diving. Did you love learning and and love being, you know, teachers, or were you a bit rebellious, or what kind of student? No, were you? no, I um nothing. Nothing special. I just knew that I needed to pass because I needed to study. I was brought up in a home where you needed to be in dependent for your future. So you couldn't finish school and not study to get something. Something. A career. You needed to have something. I like that. Um, and I already knew that I wanted to do pharmacy because my sister's a pharmacist. So I took 
Latin as my second language because I knew that that's what Are I, you serious? I needed. Hey, do, you say, do you still remember your Latin? No. Oh. Um, we, when I was at boarding school in England, we used to have to learn Latin was one of the, uh, I mean, we did Latin anyway in, in um, I think that was in year seven or grade six. But we, whenever we were punished and I, and I was constantly having black marks, uh, you, they'd make you learn a whole lot of Latin by rote. <laughs> so I've got very strange little sentences that I remember. And Shakespeare. I had to learn bits of Shakespeare. So um, so you learned Latin as a second yes, language. Yes, I did. I did. Wow. Just because I knew what I wanted to study. Yeah. Um, and then I left. I was, in South, I was in Johannesburg for school. I went to a little area called Grahamstown to study. Is that far away? Like did you see your parents on weekends and things? or was it really I used go away to per go term? home three times a year. End of term, yeah. Yep. But I suppose what happens is because you become so close with the girls that you're with, you all want to go home to one another. So you sometimes skip a trip because yes, you become like you family. The- and the other thing I think is if you're in a country where there are a lot of kids who are um, doing boarding school, and I'm guessing, I don't know why, that in South Africa there's a lot, but certainly my boarding school in England you know, it wasn't like we had loads of girls who were going home to their parents. It was like most of us were boarding and most of us had parents overseas. Did well, you a lot of the in? girls came from, like, so because it's a British colony, you had Zimbabwe, Malawi. So yeah. we had a lot of girls that came from, from the different from African countries. Um, and they also had weekly boarders. So there were a lot of local girls that were that were weekly oh, boarders. Okay. In fact, Gary Player's girls were all uh, weekly boarders. Who's he's Gary the, Player? He's a golf. He's a golf player. He oh, was is he? A, yeah, <laughs> big, uh, big in golf. I was going to um, go. Is it something to do with yeah. cigarettes? Did no, 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 play no. Cigarettes or something? No, no, no. no. Okay. Gary Player was really big golfer, and um, his girls they were board. They were weekly boarders. Right. I think it was just a matter of. It was a private school and it was about education. Yeah. Okay, so you did that, went up to year 12, knew you wanted to do pharmacy. Study. I I worked for eight. I studied. I then worked in a pharmacy. I studied for eight years and then I went with a girlfriend. Hang on. What do you mean eight years? Is it eight years to get a pharmacy degree? It's six years to study and then I worked for eight years. Are you serious? Yep. I didn't realise it was up there with medicine. Exactly right. Medicine, law and pharmacy. Wow, I had no idea. Yeah. So, and you worked part time during that time. And at a then pharmacist. I worked at uh, Grayson Pharmacy, and then I went with a girlfriend of mine overseas Where? on a holiday. We went to the Middle East. So she was Greek. Um. So we landed up doing the Middle East. Um. We did Israel. We did Greece. We did everywhere around. Oh yeah. I landed up meeting my husband in Israel on the staircase of a building. <laughs> As you she do. landed up meeting Hang her on, how husband. How old are you girls at this age? Like 19, 18? We would have been, no, we would have been about 23 already. Okay. I finished school when I was 17. I was young. Right. Um, so it was the end of uni that you took the gap year. <laughs> and um, yeah. And is she still with her hubby? No. Okay. Wow, that's that's young, that is. Yes. So why did you want to travel? Was that just a thing that everybody did over there? Uh, I used to travel. Every paycheck that I got, I went travelling. So I would go, because Europe's so close to South Africa, it's only a seven-hour flight, you could go. You could go for a week, for a long weekend even. Like, oh, right. It was easy to actually do that. So um, always, always, always travelled. Why were you able to afford it? Because I mean, it was close. Right, okay. So you could go. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, life was good. And then, yeah, met my husband, came back, packed up my suitcases, went to live in Israel, never had the language, never had anything. Oh, my God. So was he Jewish? Yes. 
Right, and you weren't Jewish. So we need we we had a. So did you have to we convert? We still have a lot of yes. We right. still have a lot of hurdles that we still. Of, that <laughs> How we many still years are, later are we talking about? Um, well. We got married three months after we met and we had met in the Stop office. Stop it. Three months? Yes, 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 yes. Oh, wow. Correct. This is a great story. I'm and, loving it already. Um, so eventually you- it was we came to Australia to visit my sister. Right. Why was she living here? Oh, they left South Africa years prior right, right. just because things weren't good there, yep. so people were leaving. Um and we came, visit, and he said, beautiful place. I said, well, happy <laughs> to go. So we put in our papers. Um, 18, months later, 18 months later, our papers came through. And, yeah, we, we, we had to stamp in. And he said, well, why are we stamping in? Why aren't we just going? And we literally had three months and packed God, up, love sold our home, and we the arrived. Two of you are. Yep, and we arrived. So hang on a minute, though. I'm just trying to get my timing straight. So how long were you married and living in Israel for? So we came in 2002 and we met in 93. Oh, okay. So you'd spent seven or eight years. And what was it like living in Israel in those Great. days? Yeah. Right. I would have thought amazing. Yes. And what about you having to convert from an Anglican over to a. Oh, no, nothing. It doesn't. It wasn't a you, big, big no. deal. I and think family. He's, he's not totally overly religious. His family's very. Right. You know, so when you're told that you're not one of them, that's okay. So when we came to live in Australia, <laughs> no one's ever going to come to Australia to come and visit us. Right. So no one's ever come. We've been here for 20 years. No one's ever come to visit us. Wow. Okay. Um, so you can kind of do whatever fine, you want. Which is fine because my family is here. Right. And for me, that's the most important thing. We yeah. go back and visit his parents. His father passed away, unfortunately. But still go back once every four years to say hello. How are you? Yeah, great. I mean, I've got great friends when we lived there. Yeah. So. Okay. So you moved to Australia. Um, landed here presumably with only, you know, the stuff from South Africa and one family member or whatever it was, your family members here. How did, how was that? How did you get established? What did you do when you got here? Where did you start off? Melbourne? Yeah, she started off in Melbourne. Right. Because by then I had two, both my sisters in Melbourne. Right. Um, yeah, we came to Melbourne because that's where we were and then it's like we'll find a job. Yeah. And well, pharmacy no. job. So this was when no. you started going. No, I didn't even look for a, a pharmacy job. I just needed a job. So I went to work for um, um, a dip company. A dip? If, yeah. What, like sheep dipping or candle no, dipping? No, no, or? yeah. Yummy's dips. Oh, like my God. Dip. Okay, dips um, as, in, yeah. as in with crackers in, and yeah. have them with a glass and, uh, of wine. into sales and I worked there for six months and then I got the job at Brady Group and that's where my property journey began. And So why s- did you get the job at Brady Group anyway? I mean, what was it about? Did, did you start? Did it fall into your lap or yes. did you actively it go It fell out? into my lap. Right. Okay, so now you're in um, property, which you haven't been in before. No. Um, what did you love about it? And, and it was a builder, did you say? Brady's a builder? Yeah, they're builders okay. in the city. Um, I think I was just fascinated by how the building, how the structure works. Okay. And it was something new. Yeah. New country, new job. Well, that's totally true. I remember I, I married an English guy and came, I remember coming here and going, you can now be whatever you want to be. Nobody knows anything about you. So reinvent Though yourself. I have to say, Jules, one of the biggest issues that I had is, I never had any family for so long. And suddenly, <laughs> and suddenly I arrived here them. and I suddenly had this family obligation. And if anything of emigrating was stressful for me, it was that. Right. Not finding the home, not finding the job, not trying to figure out front from back was suddenly this family obligation. 
and everyone's comments, everyone's criticism, everyone puts in there at two cents. I never had that. Right. And I found that exceptionally stressful. Well, what about your hubby? Because he presumably had hardly met your family. I mean, well, he hadn't known we, them that well. Yeah, Did there was a lot Did he say, let's pack our bags and go back to Israel? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> oh, no, definitely not. We, um, we had to set boundaries really, really quickly. Okay. Um, well, not that quickly. It took us about a year. But it was our household over family. Like, we had to set our boundaries. Right. Were that they just kind of thing. dropping in at all, all times? Oh, no. It was just like, you have to be here and you should be doing this. And right. it's like, oh, I don't have to do anything and I just shouldn't do <laughs> So. They should have known you better. Yeah, okay. So, from Brady Group. I know that I, you whistled through it earlier, but I didn't really listen because I knew I was going to ask you again. Okay, so Tell me what the career path was from starting with a builder as sales, did you say? Yes. Well, that was the first yes. job. Um, and then I wanted to be closer to in the suburbs because it was in the CBD. Yeah. So I put it out there looking for a job and I found a job in Mount Waverley. So it was in the suburbs uh, with a company called White Star Group. So they're residential mortgage brokers and they were looking for somebody to start off their investment arm. Okay. So Interesting. being fully licensed, I could start off that. And I worked for them from 2007 and – in 2017, my dad got really sick and I needed more work-life balance and the only way I was going to get it was if I was working for myself. Right. Were you scared about working for yourself? Were you excited? What was the... I was petrified. Really? Petrified. Oh, God. And I mean, and I don't even know you that well, but I would have thought that you would have just jumped at the chance. I think it's more when you're used to getting a salary. Yes, yes. It's the financial side. Right. Anyway, and... um. Eventually, I think it, and a year later from 2017 and my husband eventually said, that's it, this is time, like it's enough now. Okay. So, so did he do I, it with you? I left. No, he's okay. just a supporter. He's yep. a really good Great. supporter. Great. Yep. Uh, and I went out and I had a property lawyer that I worked really closely with, um, Absis Law, and Sam said, come and work out of our offices in Oh, and just get perfect. it going. So I was with him for six months and he just supported me in getting it going with that. I think what a great guy. Took over Metrolinks and. Hang on, you took over Metrolinks. Well, so he had it, it existed company. before. Yes. But as nothing. It was right, just a company. It was just a company name. And we really got on so well. And he said, well, everything's registered. Just take it and off you go. And that's exactly what I did. I took it and off I went. And how was it? What's it like working for yourself? What was the first year like? Talk to me a little bit about. Because that's always the hard year when you've got to try and get those clients in and, you know, all the other stuff that comes with just being in business. I suppose that's when you realise for the first time is that cold calling is very overwhelming. Yes. And that's when I learned about networking. I, the word didn't even come into my mind. I didn't even know what it Isn't meant. Isn't that interesting in sales? Yes. You didn't even know what it meant. Okay. So I was looking for groups and, you know, you, you got Fresh, b all the women's groups, and it was a matter of just get yep. out there, just meet people, find out what they're talking about, what they like, what they don't. So that's what I did. And I did that actually. And some of those people are still my friends because we all started really at the same time. I mean, we were all going to those groups because we all had just started businesses. And I think got my first deal six months later, which Ooh, is pretty so good. it took six months though. Yeah. Were you yeah. expecting it to take that long? Because that's quite a long time to stay Not afloat really, and stay positive. If you're trying to build relationships with, with the people, why would they give you their clients till they get 
to know you and it takes time. Yeah, no, I, I understand, but I guess I had been thinking if you were working in that space with Brady that maybe some yeah, clients no, would come with you. Yeah, but you're not taking their clients, so you have to start again. So completely from the scratch. people that knew me for me would, would contact me and that's how I then landed right. up with their children or they're upsizing, downsizing, or they want to buy investment properties. I never poached anybody that would come to me, which was yeah. great. Yeah. Uh, and it's a matter and was of he referring, if they not referring you, people to you, though? No. Right. No. Two different. They just cut it. So yeah. I started off in the September and I got my f- first oh, home I sold in the March. March. Well, that, which isn't bad when you think of Australian summer. And then good. from there, it just took off and never looked back. It's been amazing. Wow. Yeah, and is absolutely it, amazing. Is it just you or have you got some people that work so in there with you? It's only me, but I do have people in property that work with me. Yeah, that you've got overflow that you can do stuff. Wow. Amazing. All right. So, um, are there any women that have helped you along the way? This is one of my favourite questions because you know how passionate I am about women helping women. Um, and one of the things I like to ask is have there been any, I mean, and doesn't not not everybody has had them, but if they have, it's nice to do a shout out of someone's name for if they've been a big support. I'm just seeing you looking at the walls and the ceiling and thinking maybe. Oh, no one, I haven't had, it, okay, this is interesting. It's a lot of women support yes. because I am very much a believer in everybody, but yep. especially women because they would never, they don't mentally think like this, is that they need to be financially stable. Yeah, Financially stable means that you need to, if you've got a career or you've got a company, not everything needs to be bought as a partnership. So you can build up your own portfolio on your own. Right. You're not hiding anything away from your partner, but give oh, yourself wait, that's what you mean. Yeah. give yourself that independence and also this whole renting and owning. You can do it. So it's teaching people to um buy something to have a, a roof over their sh- um um over their over their heads. And then a big thing is women don't have to stand behind me. No. So it's getting that across. So because I've always thought like that and that I've had a lot of women that I get on well with and we can support one another, though I would say I do have two people that have just taken me f- under their wing in my in my head to the next level. Okay. Sophie, she's in she's a property manager and Jen T, she actually is got a business called Video. Um, she teaches you how to do videos. videos. Right. Um, just be- and Mary Jensen for also and and these these are three people that, from a mental point of view, of just you are so good, you can do this, you can oh, do fantastic. this. Fantastic, cheering you on, cheering you on. And I think that that's really important. Yeah, I think that's really important too. Well, I'm glad that there have been some women doing that. Now, you haven't had your business for terribly long, but you've got past the three years that everyone fails at, so you've done really well as well. Um, how? Have there been any moments, and, and there may not be, so I'm just asking the question, where something has happened and you've gone, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Like it seems like a disaster at the time or it seems like such a challenge and then you deal with it and you look back on it and you go, actually, I'm so glad that happened because it sent me in another direction. Uh, the word is pivoting, but I don't like using it very much. But have you had any pivotal moments? Um, I used to say successes and challenges, but really I don't think you learn a lot from success other than how to celebrate. So, <laughs> Yeah, so – I think COVID was a big yeah, challenge just a, just and a in little property bit. a big challenge 
And then I have to go back to my networking group saved me. Right. Something to wake up in the morning to, even though you were on Zoom and you were a post-it stamp, it didn't matter. You had two, three, four. Yes, I agree. You just made a million meetings and you just spent eight days, I mean, eight hours every day. (laughs) Zooming. Zooming. Yeah. And it was weird. But it didn't make you feel like, what am I doing? How am I going to hold up these these four walls? And That's true. If why are you doing that? You're not actually spending anything. So no. I must admit that we didn't get Netflix and all these other things. We didn't do Uber Eats. We didn't try. We kept Good our God, life. Good God, what did you do? Just we go just, to the supermarket, cook we, your own food. We kept our life as it was. Right. Like we made a real, real conscious effort of not so changing how, that. So what about COVID? It's all well and good that we're not, um, that, you, that you were doing the right thing there, but th- there were like weekends. There were so many times when I think, you know, everyone was trying to sort of crawl the walls a bit. How did you cope with all of that? Or you were just fine gardening? I was whatever. fine. So I've got a girlfriend and we used to walk three times a day. Oh, my um, God. All oh, right. Well, that changes everything. Right. I do actually have an office in Geelong as well. Right. So legally I could drive there. And did you? Yes. I did. Just to I get, did. Just to get a bit of space. Yeah. Um, and there was a, a lot of business happening after a certain stage when people suddenly realised that they wanted more space. Right. So they started buying holiday homes or homes. So, yeah, right. Um, I didn't have what three years of lockdown of of drought in business. Probably only the first year because when when people started realizing that they could buy is when I and was also, able I think to when we, move when, myself. And when we people realized that we were in this for the long haul, I think at first we all thought it was you know. Three, what did they say? Six weeks. I think it was three weeks. Then it moved to six weeks and we thought we'll be out soon. We don't need to worry too much. And then it just went on and on and on and on. All right. Um, how do you juggle work and life? As in, how do you avoid burnout? Do you have some sort of structure to your week as in what's work and what's not work? No, I burn the candle at both ends. <laughs> I don't know how to not. Right. But I Have you am burnt very out good at releasing my stress. I swim. Right. I used to run. Right. And you that's are. enough for me. Yeah. Because yeah. I listen to music, so I can't think about anything else. You don't run with a, a, a phone that the phone rings. No. no. It's that time. So even now, that's what I do. Okay. Exercise is And what my sort release. of hours are you working per week, though? Roughly. I mean, 40 or 60 or don't know. Uh, oh, I mean, I can <laughs> have meetings with clients at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. I work seven days a week because right. I'm always available for them. And the problem is in, well, it's not a problem, in property, if you have uh, a couple, you normally wait for them to come home so you can have one conversation. Yeah. If they've got kids, they normally want to feed the kids, put them down, and then they only right, want to yeah, talk to you. So, so nighttime is- I might be able to get out and go and swim and then come back and then have a conversation. I've done that where I've had a great day, got in my bathers, gone to swim, I had to come home, have a shower, get redressed, put Stop. the makeup on, <laughs> and go again. But, right. I mean, if I don't take that gap when I can yeah. get that gap, yeah, no, it's I completely understand that. Okay, last but definitely not least question, and I love this one because a journalist gave it to me. Thank you, Wendy Hargreaves. Uh, is there a quirky fact that most people don't know about you that you'd be up for sharing? And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be business. Oh. Well, you swim, so that was a... Uh, yeah, no, I'm very into my exercise. Um, 
No, I mean, most people know I have this white hair because I'm a cancer survivor. Um, I didn't, hang on, hang on, I didn't know that. What do you mean you've got oh, white hair because you're that. a cancer survivor? Oh, yeah, so I lost the pigmentation. So in 1984, um, I they found uh, melanoma in the barra, in the bone of my right thigh. Wow. So. 84. Um, yes. Right. Long, yeah, no, it's been, it's been a very, very long time. So through the. Um, chemo and the radiation, I lost the pigmentation in my hair. I didn't hair. even know that was the thing. I've always yes. just been so jealous of anyone who's got oh, white yeah. hair. No, so mine particularly doesn't, it's not. It won't do I anything. Just, it, just, it won't do anything. Right. Um, and a lot of people say, oh, why don't you colour your hair? Or if I'm at the hairdresser, why other people say, can that? I have that colour hair? Yeah. And it's like, well, we can't do that. It doesn't work. Um, <laughs> and my red-headed son said that to me when he was about four and I remember him saying, you know what, Mum? Your friends and lots of people say they pay a lot of money to have hair my colour and it just grows out of my head. <laughs> and let me tell you, I pay a lot of money to get my hair your colour before I can dye it pink. Um, there you go. No, I'm just a, no, there's nothing quirky about me. I'm just a <laughs> generous, giving you are. Um, turnover backwards for anybody, anyhow. Um, yeah, but when you, a- when you, when you, I don't forgive and forget. That's a, a, a trait that I just can't get around. Right. Once you've so if you me, cross you me, me don't bother doesn't, knocking don't on my back. door again. It doesn't matter how many years go by. Yep. I think that's fair enough too. Well, it has just been so fantastic to talk to you, Cynthia. If people would like to work with you, and I can't imagine why they wouldn't because you sound so great and you obviously care so much about your customers, what is the best way for them to get hold of you? Probably easiest is your phone. No, no, don't put phone numbers on on um, podcasts. Like Email. No, or I, what I was thinking was your website. Oh yes, <laughs> or okay, media. but my my, my well, yes. Yeah. So my website, no, probably social media. So either Facebook or LinkedIn. Okay, and the, you're just Cynthia Perez yes. on both of those. Yes. So the company's called Metro Links with a L I N X. Okay, great. And yes. Great. I Sorry, do I don't mind. It's just that every once in a while people go into a phone number and I'm like, you don't know what freaky person oh, somewhere yeah, no, in the world so might have your phone number. I don't buy the website, but I think that the social media is. Yeah, is, is, well, is, I've, yeah good old LinkedIn. Love yeah, that the most. Yeah. All right. Correct. Thank you so, so much. Thanks, Jules. Thanks for having me. And love, she's the boss. Oh, thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of She's the Boss Chats. For more information and to find out about our other initiatives, including our weekly lunch for female founders and our TV show, go to she'stheboss.com.au.